Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. You sound like OJ. That's right. This the yours truly. Hello, podcast world. Yours truly. Uh, but seriously, we do appreciate you tuning in. Go to iTunes, leave us some reviews, uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, also, we've got a closed Facebook group that you can be a part of. It's uh, the Big Honker Podcast Group, I think is all that it is. The closed group, Big Honker Podcast Group. But yes. there are two questions to get into this thing. Answer the two questions and you will automatically get in. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, um, And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, those sons of bitches hadn't approved my request, it's probably because you have not answered both questions. We don't look at any of the requests. So, peace and love, peace and love. If you want to get in the group, answer both questions. All right. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Dive Bomb Industries. Hunt over skinnies. It is the only way to go in 2020 and beyond 2020 and beyond skinnies it's easy to pack up it's easy to store away i know hunting season's over for most of if not all of the country i think a couple people are still going at them but you're gonna have to have a place to store all these decoys and dive bomb makes it easy 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 you get the bags five dozen in each bag you store them away for the year you pick them back up in september when you start thinking about waterfowl hunting again and ready to roll uh, I get this question a lot. Should I get the ones with the flocked heads? Yes, you should. It adds contrast to your spread. Contrast adds visibility, and visibility is the name of the game. So, divebombindustries.com, and you can get all of your decoys done right there at divebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, the best shot shells, all American made. Only takes one? It only takes one. It's bismuth, it hits like a freight train. It is. Uh, it hits with bad intentions. And if you're shooting it and your buddy's not, you can definitely tell a big difference. Guys are using 410s, 28 gauges again because they're shooting boss. It's uh, it's like shooting lead but only legal. BossShotShells.com. They've got a killer uh, social media program right now. You go to BossShotShells, <clears throat> and I can't get that up. BossShotShells on Instagram. It's an old school type of feel, which I really like. Uh, it's a way of life, definitely. But Bismuth is back in style. Go to BossShotShells.com. Get everything that you're going to need. They also have a kick-ass turkey loadout. Turkey season's getting ready to fire up, so you're going to need some of that Boss Tom in your arsenal. Smack them right in the face with it. It's ugly. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. Pacific Calls. And these are one of our great sponsors that has a promo code for us. You can save 25% by using the promo code BHP25 at checkout. Go to PacificCustomCalls.com. They've got a screamer of a lesser call. they got spec calls. They've got every kind of call that you can imagine. Use the promo code BHP25. You save yourself 25% off of these badass calls from Pacific Calls. I think they were busy at the hunting show. I saw on Instagram they had, they had quite, quite the line quite the line at their booth so uh they're one of the up-and-coming call companies out there real fun to be a part of them so check them out pacificcustomcalls.com use the promo code uh we're also brought to you by lucky duck if you're going to shoot ducks in the field you got to have spinners and you're going to need blinds and you're going to need blinds best blind out on the market right now the two by four uh they've done a lot a lot of great customizations they've got pockets in the doors a bunch of the frames beefed up it's bigger fits for full grown men uh, that's the Lucky Duck 2x4. Predator hunting's going on right now. They got a predator call out. 
Field trial season's coming. Dog boxes. They got everything. They're they're kind of one stop shop over at. Got a hell of a dog box. Yeah. Yep. Built sturdy. Um, but yeah, they they they're a one stop shop. They got spinners. They got turkey decoys out that I saw. So I'm gonna have to talk to Miss Haley Fox and get me a turkey decoy sent down here. They look good. But yeah, you're gonna need spinners. You're gonna need blinds. You're gonna need everything. You need to go to LuckyDuck.com and get everything that you're gonna need for not just this season but everything that you're going to need for the off-season. LuckyDuck.com Also, we're brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club. Mr. Logan Pyatt of Langdon, Missouri, and the Looking Glass Duck Club sponsor this podcast. You can't, get into the, you can't get into the Duck Club. I know you wish you could, but you can get some sweet-ass merchandise from the Looking Glass Duck Club. It's a gentleman. He's perched up. He's got a duck in his sights, and it's a rifle. So uh, it's a good-looking hoodie. He's also got a jacket out now. I don't think that's been released to the public yet, but it's a good-looking jacket. Got some coolers on the way. Do you have one of these jackets yet? I've got one of these jackets. I've got the cooler, and I've also got the other little goodie you that just, he's got. Listen, did you get some steaks from Logan? Listen, I'm a man about town. Did, I did. You are supposed steaks. to give me some of those. Well, you can have your share. Uh, Logan is a man about town. He's a man about fashion. And uh, the Looking Glass Duck Club takes all these things very seriously. So you can message Logan if you're wanting one of these badass hoodies or anything else that he's got available right now at sky underscore jack underscore outfitters on Instagram. And you can uh, you can get this hoodie, jacket, or uh, cooler. Looks really nice. All right. And one of my favorite sponsors, William and Chris Wine. Valentine's Day here. Red Panty Night's almost here. Ladies and gentlemen, William and Chris Wine can help you talk her into some bad decisions or some bad actions i don't know which one you're talking about my daughter-in-law now well i'm not talking about your daughter i'm talking about somebody else's or your future daughter-in-law i'm not talking about either one of them i'm talking (laughs) about our great listeners talking their old lady into some bad decisions skeleton key the best red wine out there texas made in high texas i love it it's what i'm gonna be drinking on valentine's night she might talk me into some bad decisions i don't know Got to go to an upstanding supermarket for William and Chris Wines. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Take it away, Jeff. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Knox City, Texas. Over 25 years in the business. If you want to put someone on that turkey, you want to shoot a deer, a hog, dove, quail, duck, pheasant, it doesn't matter. We can do it all. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters at stanfieldhunting.com. Or you can call us at 940-658-3172. And yes, I do answer my own phone. So anyways, holler at stanfieldhunting.com. Proud sponsors of the Big Honker Podcast, live from the Big Honker Lodge. All right. This episode of the podcast, we're joined by Mike Brown. He's a Michigander. We talk about their early season goose season, duck hunting on Lake Huron. Man on Huron. Huron. I think it's Huron. Who? who? I think tomato, tomato. Okay. We're all American here, Jeff. Uh, oh, that's kind of rude. What? It was about 80 different countries listen to us. Well. But most of them are They Americans. don't know. They wouldn't <laughs> They wouldn't have known if it was like Huron or Huron. They may have. But anyways, go ahead. You got me all fucked up now. He's a great guy. All-American man. Owns a gun shop. That's, that's how you know he bleeds red, white, and blue. We had fun talking to him. So uh, anyway, hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Mike Brown.
Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And this is Jeff Stanfield with the Big Honker Podcast. This is Andy Shaver with the Big Honker Podcast. I didn't say boom this time. You know, you yes, got you on to me. Too, no, boom. I said this. You re- look, when you listen to this again, you're going to say, shit, he didn't say boom. Well, you keep the boom. It's just the other stuff that. You don't like me when I announce who you the fuck you are. No, that's fine. Okay. Well, now I'm going to introduce our guest. We are starting our new 2020 year uh, public land segment. We are talking with Mike Brown from Bad Axe, Michigan. Not Badass, Michigan, but Bad Axe, Michigan. How you doing, Mike? Yes, sir. I'm good. Yourself? Doing good. Badass, that's where for, that's where Kid Rock's from, isn't it? No. No, God, no. <laughs> he's, uh, he's down in Detroit. He's been up in the area, though. We've had a handful of guys up in this area. Uh, Kid Rock, like... Uh, uh, Bob Seeger, he's been up here a lot lately. Not in Badass, but in the area. You know, town parties and stuff going on, they're fairly big. So we get a couple people here that some other guys know about every now and then. So. What now? Has uh, Kid Rock been in your gun store? No. No. Uh, the best guy that I've ever had the uh, pleasure of dealing with was Ted Nugent. And even he wasn't in our gun shop, but we got to go to him. We were in his house and, you know, taking my old man got a picture taken with him and uh, sold him a gun or two. And that's about the fantasy uh, I got, um, you know, for rock stars. Um, no kid rock, nothing like that. I feel like Ted Nugent's been in every gun store. I think he's, I think he's everywhere. Yeah. I think he tours yeah. them all. <laughs> now, so, so, God, what's the name of that? Mackinac, how far are you from Mackinac Island? Uh, about three and a half hours. That's some pretty country up there. That's on that's on my bucket list. We were gonna do that two years ago, and y'all had a fucking blizzard, and we didn't get to go. That's a place I'm wanting to yeah, go. This, yeah, this year you be you wouldn't be able to go there right now. Like normally this time of year, um, all the streets up there and everything are froze, and you can take a snowmobile, a sled right across the mainland, and and book her over across the ice. And a lot of guys think that Mackinac Island is a, a summer town or whatever, but there's actually like places and people that live there and they're open year round um not a lot obviously they do a lot of tourist stuff in the summer months but i mean you can go there right now and catch a steak and a burger and a bar and talk to locals and have a grand old time up there my wife actually used to work up there many many moons ago so well i'm, I'm gonna go home me and michelle are gonna go somewhere in a couple of weeks for my birthday and i'm gonna say hey you know what a guy told me we need to go to Mackinac Island and we can get on a snowmobile and ride across a frozen fucking lake and freeze our balls off and have a beer and a steak. <laughs> yeah. And she's gonna say she's gonna say, No, don't that ain't happening, Jeff. <laughs> but I that's I we I would like to go there in the summer. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So yeah, t- it's fun up there for sure. So you hunt the big open waters of Lake Michigan? Yeah, we do uh of everything around here. We do um field and stuff like that. Uh you know, in the early season with them teal and stuff, we'll get into some marshes and same with the teal. And in the first part of duck season, um, we'll, you know, call your puddlers, your mallards, teal. Uh, every now and then, uh, we'll come across the witch and her pin tail, but they're very few and far between for us. Uh, a lot of wood ducks up here. We'll hang out in the marshes for the first couple of weeks. And um, normally, like, the diver rafts just aren't, there's not that many birds down in our area early in the season. Once we hit like middle of November and then definitely into September to the end of the season. I mean it's it's your pickings for divers they're they're everywhere. What's the what's the deepest that the water is where you hunt? Um 
were weaver probably only thirty five foot or so. Uh we will launch out of a little town called Caseville and that's a half hour drive from throw the boats and everything up there. We'll put in at the launch. And then it's about a forty five minute run in the boats. Uh, I think it's about seventeen miles. And we'll drive across the bay, um basically straight across the shipping channels and stuff and we head over to Augray and in those shipping channels, you know, you get that 35 foot, but all the marshes and stuff, you know, you can walk through a lot of stuff for quite a ways out. Um, if you hunt on the east side of the thumb, it gets pretty deep pretty quick out there. We've gone trolling out there, and it seems like you go a half mile offshore and you're in 30 foot of water. You go two miles offshore and you're in 100 foot of water. But uh, that gets hard for obviously any kind of decoys or anything like that when you get too deep. So. So so when is the uh when's the kind of peak time for for your where you're at up there? For geese or for ducks or let's, for divers? Or? Let's start with geese. Uh well, we have them in early season. Early season September first to the thirtieth. So you get the whole month to whack them. It's five birds a guy. Um the early teal is the first of the twenty geese and the first day the trees get and after that they all get blown out. But the whole month of September, you know, you're obviously shooting a lot of locals, but we, we can't, just because the amount of water we get around here and we have around here, there's just a lot of local birds. So we can hop all over the place and, and hammer geese pretty easily, you know, that whole month of September. And then uh, we lay off for a couple of weeks. Usually it's about the second or third week of October, we'll pick up into our regular season. And then our limits for hawkers drop down to three. Um, Maybe you can still pick them away pretty easy, but by that point, you know, we're ready to go shoot ducks and start chasing them in. So, the islands uh, have been tough for the last couple of years. Our water's been going up like crazy. I don't know if you pay attention to Michigan water levels and the Great Lake water levels, but we're like at an all time high. Uh, last year, broke the record that was set in like 1985 or something like that, and it's expected to go up like another 11 inches this spring. And it's just wreaking havoc on the third mighty and on the coast and uh, guys' houses are getting washed out, sea walls are getting taken out. It's been a lot of it's really just trying to mess around that that deeper water in the what used to be, you know, ankle deep now is over your knees. So now now you're hunting like Huron, right? Yes. Yep. That's gotta be a cold summit. What's your temperature out there right now? Right now I think we're at like Oh, it's not that bad. 30, 28, something like that. Fuck it, it ain't much colder there than it is here. Yeah, we've had a really mild, mild winter. Uh, our coldest day of the year is actually supposed to be this Friday in two days here. It's supposed to be like 8 or 10 degrees. But other than that, we haven't really had nothing. Um, ice sessions suck this year because it's been so warm. I mean, we had a day in the 40s a couple weeks ago. and just hasn't been a really bad winter. We haven't gotten much for snow. Um, for all the guys complaining about, you know, ducks not getting down south, I can see why. I mean, we still got collected corn on up here, and there's still a lot of ducks and geese around. As long as you can find open water. Right now, it's starting to freeze over a little bit. It's being a little bit colder, but I mean, for the most part, you know, a week ago, there was, there was a lot of open water. I was seeing in Harbor Beach Harbor, there was uh, five, three, four hundred geese just in one of the harbor just a week ago. Now, does that, does the, does Huron, does it freeze up in the winter ever? 
Uh, yeah, like, again, you hold your hand out, and that's a map of Michigan, so I'm in the thumb, and then if you go straight west, there's that bay that's uh-huh. sort of, like, in between the thumb and the thumb thing, uh-huh. and that's called Saginaw Bay, and that whole bay will freeze over as you get to the thumb here. It didn't happen this year, and it hasn't yet. Um, it's just been really, you know, skimpy ice, but um, it, that will freeze over, and guys will take sleds before there's no ice station in the winter, and to walk seven, eight miles in that 35 foot of water and, you know, hammer walleyes and perch and stuff like that. But it, it ain't happening this year yet. Um, like I said, it's a little over colder, but uh, that bay will freeze over and will freeze up on, on the, the other shores a couple miles out. I don't think the whole, the whole lake to freeze, that's, that's pretty damn cold. There's a lot of big water out there. Now, now when you fish out in the lake, do you ever fish, I mean, hunt, do you ever hunt on the the Canada side of the border? No, no, never going over there. I had a buddy that was down by Fort Huron and like there's a the uh, Blue Water Bridge is like the determining factor. So deal is a halfway point, and you know, we're kind of through it. Water here down there doing a layout hunt. He uh, must be a little bit close to the line because he had some, some mounties coming over and chasing them around. And they were trying to give him a uh, give him a ticket and take some stuff. And then there's there's some U.S. Uh, CEOs that. Went in there, just have a big old party over there, and they end up getting out of it. But it's a uh, you can't really go over there legally. Um, I mean, the whole separate ticket and license and everything like that. So we don't really mess with it. I know some guys that do go over, obviously, you know, up in Alberta and Saskatchewan and stuff like that for hops, but no one really is launching out of you when I ask someone to the Canadian side, at least not legally for the most part. Um, so you got the whole, so the whole month of September, you pretty much beat down the honkers. And then you said by the time it, by the time it's over, you're ready for ducks. Yeah. I mean, it's always nice to, just because of the limits. I mean, you can go out and shoot three honkers here fairly easy. Um, and especially if you have like a smaller group, four or five guys. I mean, it's a lot of screwing around and setting up. We got to go out and spend, you know, half a morning out on the, out on the water and shooting some ducks and, having a good time out there. So. Now, how many, do you shoot a lot of bands where you are? Uh, I mean, we shoot some, I'm not going to say a lot. Any minors? I think last minors? Year no, uh, I haven't shot any. There's another group of guys that hung around here that shot some jack miners this past year. Oof. That one, that's, that's the one that I want. Yep. It, 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 yeah, it, it's it, cute it, I mean, go ahead. It eludes me here. <laughs> to lose a lot of people. Yeah, no shit. So it's all it's all the big geese. You don't you don't get any lessers going through there any time no. of year. No, it's all big geese. Uh, there was a couple of cacklers that come through. Um, for shot them, but there's another group of my buddies. Um, shot a handful of them. This was a year or two ago. Every now and then we'll get a speck of snow, but it's mainly all you know big Canadians. What's the main uh what's the main agricultural crop out there? Oh geez. Uh do a lot of corn, a lot of sugar beets, and a lot of wheat. Is that where you're hunting these these uh geese at? Yeah, yeah. Mainly, you know, early season, obviously the corn's not often soldiers or some wheat several fields. And then in uh that regular season, corn be coming off, we'll start getting corn stubble and bay frames and stuff to smash them and that. So when you you said you hunt the wheat fields up there, how do you do that? How do you hide? Uh, it all depends. 
on the setup, you know, just like anything. We've done my old blinds and you know, trying to read them up, and it sort of sucks no matter what you look at it. In the last couple of years, we've been running gate frames and trying to get inside stuff. Trying to have to do early season, I guess we have had decent luck setting an A-frame in the middle of a, of a weed stubble field. But, I mean, like I said, we shoot a lot of local birds around here, so they get worried up pretty quick there. So, if we get weed stubble field, we try to pick and choose. And if they're in the middle of the field, we'll sort of set up on that fence row that's, you know, between where they're feeding and where they're roosting from. So, they sort of got to fly over us anyways and, and get them that way. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of A-frames. We've been doing that the last couple of years, and had pretty good luck with it. No issues. So, now when you do the layouts, what do you do? How do you uh, how do you camouflage them? Do you just do like uh, Christmas garland, or what do you do there? No, we've tried that before. But that stuff's just pain in the ass. We uh, a, my backyard is like open to it's like seven square miles of state land. In my backyard, it's, it just happens to be where I bought my house. The state has this huge state game area that is deer hunt, pheasant hunt, and everything back in there. And in that game land, there's a handful of fields. And so the Michigan DNR will lease out some of those fields to local farmers. They'll go in there and plant winter weed or corn or whatever. But the only trick is they can't pull it out until late. Like, they got to leave it on there to help sustain the deer herd and that kind of stuff to help all hunters leave it as, like, a, a food plot for state land. And there's a handful of guys out there that have, like, hay fields, and they'll build their hay, but then if a hay bale falls apart or something like that, they just leave it away because it's going to let them spend the time to pick it up. So the last couple of years, we've just been going back and, you know, find some broken-up hay bales, and it's all, you know, moldy stuff, and it's weathered. looks, you know, right compared to a plowed-up leaf stubble field and chunking the and all that. Seems to work pretty good for us anyways. Now, do you uh, do you field hunt ducks any? Uh, we do, but just not a lot of, for whatever reason, they don't seem to, I don't know, we, we can't really lock them down on the field. So we've had a couple good hunts in the past year, but this past year, I don't think we did. We didn't kill a single mallard in the field. Um, there's some more ducks that we were able to get into during the regular season, but I don't think we shot a single mallard in the field this past year. Uh, last year, I think we only shot, they probably caught on my hands how many we shot in the field. Um, like, so we got some pretty good marshes around here that if we want to go out to Mallory, we go there. And it's pretty good, good spots. They have pretty good luck over in those spots. So. so what do you mainly do? Just over, like, sloughs and small bodies of water for uh, puddler ducks? Well, it's still Lake Huron. It's not a small body of water. It's still Lake Huron, but it's just a coastline. Um, I mean, it's Miles and miles and miles of flag mighty. So you, uh, so you don't find any like any little any any uh what's the word? It's not pond. Little but, farm ponds. So, yeah, little far ponds and stuff like that to hunt them on. Nah, no, they don't. They won't really hit it up that well. I mean, they might use it as like a looking pond in the middle of the day, but they're not consistently going to that same spot every time, and not in big numbers anyway. Not where you know something to spread up and trying to hunt over. So if you're hunting water, you're hunting like Huron. Yeah. yeah. We we got one spot, I think it was five or six years ago, and again, water was down quite a bit then. Uh, we could walk right out there, it's, you know, middle of the shin, deep, you know, maybe eight, ten inches, something like that. And uh, it was all the flag mighty, as far as you could see, and two or three bodies inside out there, 
weed whippers with uh, steel blades on them. We just had chopping down Zach Mighty. And we opened up this huge hole in the middle of this Zach Mighty forest, cleared it all in, built ourselves a blind there, and then every year since, just because of us opening it up, and then the water getting bigger too, sort of washed out, and we trim it up, and we keep this little recover the duck hole. We keep this hole open, and we just had great luck in this one area that we just sort of picked out of the blue. And uh, I mean, early teal season, we caught 30 some teal here. The first time we hunted it, uh, ducks were, you know, women out, you know, multiple days in a row. Uh, killed two bands out there, uh, geese roost near that area. So when we catch them coming back to the water, you know, if we have some, you know, big Canadian decoys out there, we can try and pull one or two in. But yeah, it's all Lake Huron, just, you know, hunting the shoreline and just gotta be in the right spot. There's some spots that the ducks are always in, whether it's a little cold. They sort of hunker down in there. Um, a couple of little rivers and creeks that come out, and there's like that warm water coming out. And they they got spots they like, but it's all lake here on for the most part. Now, is it mostly uh, green wings or blue wings that you get during your till season? It, it's like every other year. One year we'll come nothing but green wings. The next year it'll be all blue wings. This 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 year in 2019 it was all blue wings. Um, last year it was all green wings, but I think they were able to get one or two greens. But it's like I've noticed that ever since I got hunting, it's green wings or blue wings. It's not both. Not we either get one or the other. And I don't, I don't know why. But I, I, think, I don't know if it's just me, because I don't really, I guess, ask that question that some other buddies are hunt. But uh, it seems like our groups, we always kill blues and we always kill greens. It's never a mixture. Which would you rather get a hold of, or do you care? Nah, I don't care. They're all good. So. Do, you, do you kill the tasty buffle head? I was waiting for you to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we don't really go out and target them, but we'll see what we can find Um I want to come down there and help with you guys, and if I ever do, I'm going to bring some throws of buffies down for you just so you can <laughs> So we can what? I'm going to bring some buffies down for you if I ever come down and help with you guys. Not T- reason, so you ate one. He's gonna cook it on for purpose. You. <laughs> yeah, we have we have fucking steaks down here. We don't need to eat a damn buffalo head. <laughs> How do you do it? Do you do you roast it? What do you do? Uh, I wrap them in bacon. Anything in bacon is pretty good. It's, it's always throw the good duck away and eat the fucking bacon's what you ought to do. So you've never even had a buffalo head, so you don't know, Jeff. Oh, I'm not gonna eat one either. There ain't no fucking enough meat on them to eat hardly. Oh, Y'all, I think buffalo heads are y'all's. I think. That is the uh, true northern shoveler because, like, we'll shoot shovelers here. We're not real proud of it, and I think that's kind of the buffle head, you know. If nothing else is working, fuck, let's shoot some buffle heads. Yeah, I mean, there, there's enough buffle heads, but I don't know. You, you do have to work for them, too. I mean, you got to sort of but they'll come into anything. So, like, those things are, as long as you've got big numbers on your spread, both of these are trying to come by and say hi, whether you shoot them or not or whether when i think of hunting up north on the big open water i think of the cold the nasty and shooting canvas backs or bluebills or something do you shoot a lot of canvas so we, backs no not really they you get down to lake st clear which is two and a half hours or so south of me like that way Packs up with canvas bags. We won't go down there every now and then, but just because it's such a part of guys, we don't do it, you know, every week. Um, but I mean, they, they load up with thousands of them down there. Uh, you shoot a lot of 
over here, like when we do our big water spreads, we'll get into a lot of redheads. Bluegills are pretty common, fluffies, obviously. Um, but then once it gets later, when we start doing our big run across the bay, we'll uh, get into those old squaws, those long tail ducks, and those things are thousands by the thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Like guaranteed limit of straight old squaws anytime you want to go shoot those things. Now, see, to me, that's a trophy right there. Because that's just something yeah, we don't ever have. Ducks. So you, you you shoot a lot of old squaws. Do you shoot any scoters there? Uh, occasionally, a lot of black wings. Um, don't get a whole lot of them, but you you'll see some of them. That's 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 interesting. That's, I think that's what that's what I love about the public foreign is talking to people that hunt so many different places in this country and the different species and just the way we all do the same thing. We all have the same passion, but it's just like you guys shooting buffalo heads. No, no true Texan would admit that. <laughs> so, so do the uh, do the old squads? Do they just come right in? Yeah, we you know you don't really need a big spread for them. Um, you know, I have some layouts, so you you're in your little aluminum caution bobber in the water and we run a couple streams of lines out of decoys it's roughly you know two or three dozen decoys you know a dozen and a half or so on each line and it's weird those, those birds when they're flying on that water they they see that line of decoys and it's like a runway they just gotta cruise right down it so it's all like in your face shooting you know it's an open choke and that's 15 yards is a long shot if you're going out shooting old stuff they just cruise right down and land right in front of you or if they if they do land, but half time they're just flying right down the down the runway, and it's if you don't need the big spread, um, we do a little mojo um, just to you know throw something at them for movement, catch your eyes. But it's a uh, they're everywhere, especially mid November to the end of season. If there's a sneak in the boat in the water, you can go and spawn any day of the week. What? How, how big do those birds weigh? I've never seen one in person. Are they equivalent well, uh, to like a pintail or a gadwall or? Yeah, they're probably pintail size. I mean, you can get a fat male that's going to outweigh one of them pretty. Yes, big. yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's why I say a pintail because they look like a thinner duck. Yeah, yeah, they're not super big. What do they taste like? Fish. <laughs> so like a buffalo. Head. Not good. <laughs> so, so you're not doing too much with a with the old squaw. No, we got some barnacles to like them. And- I did a goose pastrami uh, a week ago or a couple days. No, it wasn't a week ago. A couple days ago. How wasn't do, bad. Yeah, we, we got goose pastrami that we like pretty good over here, too. How do you do yours? We'll no, I, I don't do it. I, I'm just a, I just go and kill a buddies and they took it up for me. You're the donator? I, I basically have all the decoys and I got the decoys and they got the cookies, so. Motherfucker. See, I need a good uh, I need a good goose. We need to get Rory recipe. on again with us yeah. and we can go over all this. Because mine, mine was just okay. I wouldn't say it was anything spectacular. Did you make sandwiches out of it or did you just eat with cheese? No, I, I made a sandwich out of it today. It, I mean, it was just okay. Did you cut it real thin? As thin as I could. And that's another thing, like these lesters down here, or actually it was out of speckle bellies, but like the it wasn't thick, you know, because I mean the the breasts are so small, so I think with a grater it would be thicker, but it yeah, was I mean, it was all right. When when my buddy makes his pastrami, I mean it, it's a whole breast of pastrami. I mean it's big. You can cut them in, you know, 
half inch strips and just eat it alone. It's I mean he makes it pretty good. I've got a couple left, Jeff. If you'd like to try a sandwich, I'm, I'm pretty was, good. You, I mean, it's you couldn't taste it. I'd rather go up north and have. Hey, do, oh, you, do you ever have? Do you eat lots of whitefish up there? Yeah, yeah, whitefish, walleye, um, catch them quite often. I saw a lady on TV or a guy some cooking deal, and they were making whitefish, and they were uh, God, where the hell were they at? It was on the cooking show, and they were they were basically boiling the fish and then putting butter on top of it, and it looked pretty fucking good. A fish yeah, boil. I mean, it was a, a fish of, boil. Yeah, wherever, wherever the hell they have fucking fish bowls at is where it was at. I can't uh, remember there's where. a lot of fish bowls around here. I've never been to fish bowl either. Now I would enjoy that though. A lot more than a buffalo head for sure. So <laughs> so do you bear hunt? Uh, I have been putting in some mission of bear and you gotta apply for like a lot of you gotta apply for it every year. I mean I like so we only got black bears up here. Maybe a little bit of a color change if you go way up on us, but obviously there's no grizzlies or anything like that. And it doesn't really do anything for me personally to go sit and stand over top of a bait pile. Bear. Like that's not like my dream hunt. But I've been applying for a black bear tag for I think ten years on uh, Drummond Island. And Drummond Island is a one section of Michigan. There's like seven or eight different zones that you can apply for black bear. And then Drummond Island, a handful of years ago, when I first started applying, only gave away two tags per year. And then it went down to one tag per year. And I think now it's back up to three tags per year. But on Drummond Island, the bears that they shoot, or whoever draws a tag and gets one up there, are like rather large, you know, four or five, four hundred pound black bears. I mean, they're big ones. Um, you can go two or three miles, or two or three hours north of here and kill a you know, a 150 pound cub or something like that if you want to pretty easily. Guys are on with dogs all the time and bait and everything. But again, not really my bucket list hunt, but I, I do apply for it. You go two or three hours north of where you live. You're in Canada, aren't you? Well, yes and no, because again, I got to go south. If I want to go north, I got to go south because I got that day. Right. So I got to go south and go around that day. And then from the bottom of that day, you can take, you know, I-25 all the way up, and that's about three hours, and you're in, in the Straits, and that's where you can get in Mackinac Island and stuff like that. But then you can cross the bridge, and then we got the Upper Peninsula, and you can drive for another five hours to the Upper so you get over to Minnesota, Wisconsin, and stuff. I think bears are the coolest thing because we don't have them here. I mean, so I, I it's like a wild pig to you guys probably. we got pigs everywhere. I don't get excited and, about and that's pig. what that's what north guys northerners are like you you shoot pigs all the time and i'm like oh, i've shot maybe four in my lifetime it's just not something that really appeals to me and i'm like oh fuck if i live there i'd be shooting pigs every night I'm yeah like, it's, it's i was actually down in texas a couple of years ago we did a pig we did one of those helicopter deals and oh yeah I, we had a blast so i mean i, I love doing that I, if i lived down there you know i probably wouldn't be doing that every weekend but like you said we we just don't have them up here so well, I mean, the you know, the pig's like the the pig is like y'all's bear. Like it's just it's here, and I'm not too thrilled. I mean, it's not anything that I do a lot of. It's a stinking nasty yeah. bastard. Yeah. So, uh, you said September's the best time for goose hunting. When's the best time to uh, to get on some divers? Well, again, like I said, depends on what divers you want to go after. You want to go after the old spawn, the long tails. Uh, Middle of November to the end of season, and they like that colder weather. When's the end of your season? When's the end of your season first? 
Uh, well, our goose season actually just ended last weekend. We had a late season that went on for, I think, three weeks. Normally, we're done uh, right around the week before Christmas um, or right around Christmas time. But then we'll have a late duck season for two days. It's usually the last weekend of the year. And then you fast forward to a week. The last weekend in January, and then the first two weekends in February is only due season. Is it only just weekends only, or does it last like 14, 15 no, days? No, uh, all week. It's like three weeks straight every day. I bet y'all kill some monster geese that time of year up there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the big locals. And, I mean, that sort of sucks because, you know, you you get used to doing that grind in the early season, the middle season, where you're up in the morning, and if you can – do something in the afternoon, you get an afternoon feed, you can go out after. And then once the snow comes on the ice, they, they like sleeping in, and they're only hitting a few once a day. And it's sort of good because you can sleep in until 7 o'clock and go set your spread, and they're not going to fly till 10 or 11 or, you know, sometimes even noon. But then they're there in the field for four hours, and then they go back to Bruce. And so you only get one shot at them in this late season, per day anyways. So have you ever, uh, have they ever switched feeds on you? You got everything scattered oh, yeah. out, and then you show up. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, geese are assholes, so they like switching <laughs> whenever they can. Do y'all shoot any specs up there? Very few. Uh, there were three killed this year between us and groups that I know. Um, one or two snows, but it's like they get lost. They're usually not over here. Now, y'all have a lot of sandhill cranes, don't you? Not a lot, but I mean, we got a fair amount. Not like, you know, we couldn't set a spread like you guys and kill an eight man limit or nothing like that. I mean, you'll, you'll drive around and see two here and six here and ten there. I mean, there's enough around, but there, there's no season on them. And I try not to keep tabs on stuff I can't go after. Oh. When I was down in Texas, I did get to shoot those, though. And that, like, that is, you know, ribeye of the sky. I was really impressed with that. I was thinking Ted Nugent told us they were trying lobbying, trying to get that open there. I thought he was. Yep, they are. That's yep. what I was They've been doing it for quite a few years. So they're trying to lobby for those damn cormorants, too, because we had thousands and thousands of them up here, and they're just destroying our perch and bluegill. They probably eat about like a buffalo head, too. <laughs> They'll taste like an old squaw. <laughs> no, no. I don't know if I do anything with animals. <laughs> somebody, somebody in North Carolina or somewhere over there on the there's East Coast, season. there's a season they, for a couple of days they let you just shoot the shit out of them bastards. Yeah, I wish we could because if you're sitting on the bay and first light comes, I just, the sky turns black. I mean, there's cormorants everywhere. Yeah, they're detrimental to fishing too. Not to yeah, uh, increase. I think the statute of limitations over. When I was about... 14 or 15 years old i wanted to call the shot so bad and uh we were hunting a just a it was a little bitty kind of loaf pond type deal and a fucking cormy came in and i was like oh here's my time to shine <laughs> i called the shot on that, i called the shot on that cocksucker and the guy that i was with jumped up holler no 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 it's a cormy, and I fuck. I was too young. I didn't know what the fuck it was. Thank God he was there. We have fucking blaze that cormy. So I got a funny story. My uh, uh buddy of mine is like a local CEO at DNI office, and he was driving around opening day duck season, and his boat just checking blinds and checking licenses. Like I said, doing what CEOs do, and he was in talking to this group. 
And he just happened to be looking over at this next blind. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go over there and check these guys' decks. So he's finishing up with these guys. And a cormorant flies by. And this blind that he's about to go check just opens up, smashes it. Oh, no. No question. Done. <laughs> so he's like, well, in the goal. So he finishes out, drives over. And he, he goes, you guys know what you just shot? The guy's like, yes, sir. I was a cormorant. And I'll shoot every single one of those sons of bitches I see. I'll give me my $250 ticket. He fucking <laughs> owned it. <laughs> Did you give him a he ticket? He knew. He knew the ticket too. Give me that two hundred fifty dollars ticket. I'll wipe my ass yep. with it. It's South Carolina. Yep. It's South Carolina that has uh, that has uh, the hunting season on cormorants. It says they've shortened it due to its popularity. So I guess everybody was just fucking blazing cormies. I can, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that the state can do that with it being a federal bird. Yeah, I, we I'm assuming it's a federal. There's something on them a couple of years ago, and then the you know whatever the Cormorant Society is like PETA came in and put a <laughs> Cormorant Society. Shit. <laughs> Could you imagine belonging to that group? Like we've all got a fight in this world. Like and like there, there's a hill that every one of us is willing to die on, and for them it's the Cormorant. Yeah. Gee, give me a fucking break, people. I got some hate mail right. just recently. Really? Yeah, anti-hunter. Over what? Over me being a fat, sorry, no good son <laughs> of a bitch that kills animals and makes a living off of it. Come up with a better answer so, than that. that. I don't give a shit. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Like I told them before, they can, PETA, the Rainbow Coalition, whoever, if they want to stay at our gate and fucking march and protest, it's good publicity. Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of hate mail, I, uh, the gun cap that I ran, we did a, we used to do a crow tournament. The crow season up here in the handful of guys where you get, you know, four man teams, everyone checks in 50 bucks and, you know, leave in the morning, come back at two o'clock in the afternoon and whoever kills the most crows, you know, put the pot money up. So I'd been running this crow tournament for like four or five years. And all of a sudden I get a phone call at the shop because I put it in like a local newspaper and, you know, Facebook and Craigslist and crap like that, just trying to get teams. At one time, I think we had like 32 or 33 teams. But this one uh, lady calls up my shop and asks for me, are you putting on that crow tournament? I said, yes, ma'am. And she just started chewing my ass saying <laughs> that crows are her friends and they use tools and you can't kill them. They eat parasites and blah, blah, blah. So I listened to her ramble on for about 15 minutes and finally politely you know, hung up on it. <laughs> and the next day, she ended up showing up at the shop and raised a stink inside my shop about how we should have killed crows. Wow. So talk about cormorant people going nuts and moving their mind. We have some guys doing it for crows. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you handled a lot nicer than I would have. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was other people in the shop. So I wouldn't have given a shit. Said, "Listen, bitch, get your <laughs> get your cunt ass out of here right now. We're going to kill everyone, them bastards." What's the most crows that y'all that they that the y'all killed? Uh, I mean, again, it's usually like an eight-hour deal. Leave in the morning, you're back by two o'clock. I mean, there's a couple hundred, you know, 150, 120. What? Oh, pretty How, tell me about crow hunting. I've that's something I've never done, but it's so basically you put out a spread of decoys and you have calls, or do you mouth call? No, we, we got, well, you can most call them, but we, we can run electronics on you, so we got Fox Bros and stuff that we run. Do they decoy good? Yeah, if you get, I mean, as long as you got good eyes, they're smart bastards, they got good eyes on them, so if you're hitting good and 
nothing's, you know, throwing them off. Yeah, I mean, they, they come right in the kill hole just as good as any, you know, duck or geese. I mean, it's, you know, 15-yard shots, 20-yard shots. That's where I fucked up. I tried that one time, and I just <clears> sat on the back of my truck like I was dove hunting, and I couldn't get some bitches to come within shooting range. Oh, yeah. So you, you got to hide. You got good eyesight. That would be fun, though, get an A-frame and go yeah. bust them bastards. Mm. If we had a bunch of crows yeah, out here, I'd do that. We used to uh, take a McDonald's bag, and we'd stick that down in the ground, put some crows in the McDonald's bag, <laughs> let it be plated over. <laughs> and they come to the they come to the crow call and everything because I we yeah. we had a guide out yeah. here. Uh, Any time a crow would fly over, he'd call at it. I'm like, you're not gonna get that thing. You're just being silly. But we shot works, huh? we shot one duck hunting one time, and matter of fact, I mounted it. It's a big some bitch. It's where's it the fuck's at? Maybe it's at my house. But anyways, we shot it. We shot a big raven, and boy, it went to Lou went and got it, and that some bitch bit him on his fucking lip. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Fucker's meaner than hell. Now, what was it a crow or was it a raven? Well, fuck, I thought it was the same thing. I guess there's a difference. No, no, there's a difference. Like where we're at, we got crows, but if you go north by the way, if you go to like some of our national forests and stuff. They're ravens. Are ravens? Raven are ravens? Are, <laughs> are, they are, are, are they protected birds? They're they're allowed through here. They're allowed me. Are they protected though? Yeah, we can't kill ravens. We Maybe, crows. I shot a crow. I then. think we shot a crow. <laughs> I better get rid of the evidence. <laughs> I've got one mounted somewhere. And it's gone. Oh, it's definitely a crow. Where the hell did it go to? <laughs> Fucking just gonna get someone stole in my a fucking feds been in here and grabbed my goddamn mounted bird and. I bet it's at your house. I think mom used it as a Halloween decoration. That's why I got it mounted for. So ravens are they're just they're just a lot bigger than crows. Yeah, yeah, they got a different sound to them and everything. And I mean, I'm a little bit like crows, but they're like a a guttier, you know, growl or whatever you want to call it. But they're they're bigger. And you're not supposed to shoot them. <laughs> not supposed to. Yeah, we definitely shot a crow then. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll say it's a crow. <laughs> at least not in Michigan. <laughs> I, that's some bitches around here. It's gone. It was here just not long ago. Mom had to have taken it. So, uh, what you got turkey season coming up? You got a lot of those bastards running around the woods? Oh, yeah. They're, they're everywhere. Turkeys are everywhere around here. They're all Easterns? Yep. What, uh, do you, how do you hunt those? Is it all woods or do you try to hunt food plots? Uh, mainly woods or on the fence line of a, you know, field or something like that. But, there, I mean, there's so many of them. You don't really have to try that hard. Like you can come, we can only get one tag in the spring, and in the fall, we actually have a fall turkey season. In the fall, I'm trying to think of when that goes through. I think it's during our bow season, it's like October first through November fourteenth, something like that. In the fall, you can buy one tag a day and kill a turkey a day. Really? Yep. But in the spring, you can only kill one. You can only kill one a turkey a day. Yep. My goodness. Does anybody, do you know anybody that kills that many turkeys? I mean, I know guys that will kill, you know, seven or eight in the fall, but not one every day. They're not that committed. I love turkey hunting, and I don't think I could do that. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, in the fall, they're not going to come in like what you like, though. No, I understand that. No, but, I mean, still. Like, I like the way they taste and everything. Can you hunt them over feeders in Michigan? No. You can't, like deer hunting, nope. you're not allowed to put a feeder out for deer hunting. You could last year, but they abolished that for this. Well, you couldn't do it in the 2019 season. Yeah, there's no, no baiting allowed. Except for bears. 
Yep, bears you can sell bait, but yeah, I'm talking deer or whatever. Yeah, no baiting on deer. That just cracks me up on bears. People take out fucking cinnamon rolls and mm-hmm. shit and just dump them all over the woods. Yep. Yeah, we got like a local bakery that guys are like fighting over their dumpster scraps to take <laughs> up north. Hey, so back to back to Lake Huron. Um, what's the what's the protocol for getting on it? Is it just first come first serve, or how do you go about? Uh, it's a big ass lake. Yeah, but like uh, at, yeah, there's you'd show up at a boat launch, launch a boat, and go wherever the hell you. First come first serve. So so you if you have a little honey hole that nobody else knows about, I mean, what are the odds that somebody's going to be in there where you want to go? Uh, around here, everyone knows where they're supposed to be and where they're not or where their spot is i guess so we don't have any issues i mean we we've built like i'm going to say it's a permanent blind but we've rebuilt it every year so it's not really permanent but we built a blind that lasts all season and we've never had anyone sitting in our blind that being said we hunted a different spot this past fall that just because of the wind wasn't good for us rats were like oh let's go over here well just set the boat up and, you know, decoys and we'll sit in the boat and see what the candy took in the morning. But we get out there and there's, you know, blinds everywhere. And some you can tell got boats and guys in them, some don't. And uh, there's one that didn't. We just wallowed up to that one, tied off, sat that guy's blind. The only law is you're supposed to have your name and phone number um, on the blind itself at all times, whether you're there or not, obviously, so they know who it is. You're supposed to have it pulled by the end of the season. That way, when ice comes, it's not getting wrecked and smashed up and everything. But if somebody, but wants- otherwise, yeah, it's a it, like if I'm sitting like where we it would be that and that guy's line, and I can't remember his name. I remember looking at it; he had it, you know, stapled or whatever it was. And we sat in let's just call him Joe. I sat in Joe's line, and an hour later, Joe got a late start. He come out there and wanted to sit in his line. He like legally can't kick us out. He can or can't. Cannot. Cannot kick you out. So it's basically no, first come, burn, first some. Yeah, he can burn it to the ground because it says <laughs> blind. So he can do whatever he wants with it, but he can't kick us out. Right. So basically you can you can build a blind, and as long as you're the first one there, there's really no issues. You're good to go. Yep. He didn't come out, I don't guess? No. It was a windy, shitty day. We should have even been out, but I don't blame him for not coming out. Did y'all do any good at his blind? I think we covered like three or four. It was it was wicked. The wind was blowing. Out of the north, I guess. Yeah. Oof. What what was the temperature? Uh, it wasn't freezing. Like we was like the water was cold. <laughs> I went in a while. I went in, but it wasn't freezing or anything like that. I don't know, probably forties. Fuck that water's cold in the summertime. I bet. It depends on where you're at. If you get in that deeper water, it's weird because you can go load a mile and be in 100 foot of water. And in like August or September, you can jump in and swim around just fine. That top water is all like lukewarm. But, you know, if you get down deep, it's just like anything, it's going to cool off. I just, have you had any, uh, any crazy, you know, scary rides out on the, on this big open water? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where do you want me to start? The most scariest uh, one. Yeah, scariest story okay, you've ever so, had. Uh, this probably isn't the scariest, but it's the best one worth telling. We were doing that run 17 miles across the bay, and we had uh, my boat 
I think we had six guys in it, two layout boats, four or five dozen decoys, all the gear, crap like that. So we get to where we're going, set up, great hunt. We're smashing those old squad like crazy, uh, getting close to pushing the limit. As the morning's going on, it's getting foggier and foggier and foggier. And it got to the point where we had like two guys left to put in wet boats. So we put those guys in, and I'm backing up, and I'm like solely relying on my GPS to find where these guys are. Because when I put them in the layout boats, I'm sitting in my tender boat, my, in my big boat, and we motor away, you know, a quarter mile, a half mile, or whatever. I can't see those guys. I have no idea where they're at. Cannot see them visually. I'm just going off where my tracks are on my GPS. So we got radios, and we're talking back and forth, and those old squad are really loud. We got a call for them. And then, like, you can call them, you can hear them coming, and they, we actually were still killing them pretty good at the clock. And I was like, guys, this is stupid. You know, someone's going to come clipping across this bay and smoke you. They're not even going to see you. You know, this is just, this is getting pretty reckless. So I called it. We were, like, six birds short of a six-man limit. And I was like, all right, well, let's just pack up and, you know, we'll call it a day. Get everything in the boat. We started going across, heading back. And this is 17 miles in the fog where you can't see, like, 100 yards in front of you. Mm. So I got my GPS tracks. I'm following them. And we're just, you know, taking it easy, 25, 30 by an hour. And uh, it was really flat out. We could book it pretty good. But uh, something fell in the middle of the boat, whether it was a, you know, a decoy got rolled around or something, you know, happened where I was like, I slowed down and I was like, hey, let's get this all picked up before somebody trips over it or, does something goofy and it causes issues so as i'm coming to a stop we're getting whatever it was picked up and we're just about getting ready to get back on it and all of a sudden i hear this freighter horn go off burr, burr, burr. and all of us shit our pants <laughs> it was like right there uh-huh. and uh my buddy on the top where you can do we can watch the freighters so i guess we were doing like 500 yards I didn't see it at this point and still had no idea where it was. But if we would have been doing 30 mile an hour and hit that freighter, they would not have used us. And we were close to them. Mm. So it's a good thing you stopped. So that was one of the most, yeah, it was a good thing we stopped and screwed around with them. And then I, you know, obviously took her slow the rest of the way in so we got on that shipping channel. But that was one of the sketchiest things. Ooh. Another thing was we had waves coming over the boat and standing in ankle deep water inside the boat. Oh, just, uh, what do you what do you do in that situation? Just bail it out as as best you can. Well, you got two bilge pumps. You just hit some switches and wait it out. And that's why we dry field but, mallard hunt. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not into that sort of thing. I mean, that, that's usually pretty decent. Um, you just got to pick the right wind and the right days when you know it's not going to be too rough out. But it uh, it's fun. You get out there. You you sit in those layout lines and it's just like a, you're sitting in a layout, you know, and it just rocks yourself to sleep. It's peaceful out there. So, mm. so are, are, are sunny, uh, you know, days, are they any good? Cause that would be when I would want to go out there when there's no weather that's going to hit. As long as you're in, if you want to go out there like old spa, as long as you're in that season when they're down, it doesn't matter what the weather is. If it's flat and it's four footers, if it's sunny or, you know, cloudy, it doesn't matter. They're just, they're always there. If you get like a two foot chop, it doesn't matter if it's sunny or cloudy so much. But if you get a little bit of chop, just where it keeps them up and about, that's usually the best days. 
But, I mean, we've every time we've gone over there, we've killed them. So. Now, how dangerous is a little bit of chop? Well, like the right boat, it ain't nothing. Okay, well. I'll I'll do a little bit of chop, but I want it sunny. I don't want any I don't want any fog or snow or anything else that's gonna make me be a castaway. Yeah, the snow is fun too, just because you're out there and there's you know it's snowing on the lake. It's uh, I don't fog, know. fog sucks, but yeah, fog sucks for everything. Makes it very difficult. Yeah. So what about yeah. your football team? Diehard Lions fan, or you go for those Packers? You gotta be Lions. Where I'm at, you gotta be. It sucks too. You've been, it sucks. You've been drinking that Flint water. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't drinking Flint water. Too many buffalo heads and Flint water in your diet. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Will, will Detroit ever have a good football team? Uh, it's not looking like that anytime soon. I mean, y'all wasted the greatest running back to ever play the game. Well, he kind of fuck, he fucked you there. But and arguably one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Yes, but Matthew Stafford yeah, is not the greatest quarterback to come out of Texas. I can promise you. And he's not yeah. bad, but God Almighty, he sure fucks up a lot when he doesn't need to. Y'all's baseball team was pretty good a couple years ago. Y'all, they won the World Series, didn't they? No, we were in it. I don't think we. Yeah, it was. Why would you put either one of us on the spot asking us that, Andy? It's baseball. Well. I know a little bit. I, no, I, 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 cares about baseball. I remember Verlander was in it because I remember seeing Kate Upton running around and all that stuff. Maybe that was yep. when he was with the Astros. I don't know. Fuck, who knows? I was yep. just trying to make you feel good about Detroit sports. Say, There's no feeling good. Are you a Michigan fan or Michigan State? Michigan. Gotta love Tom Brady. Y'all's coach is very overrated. Y'all's college you coach at so? Michigan. Yes. Really? I think he's done a horrible job there with the talent he's had. What do you think? You think Harbaugh's good or uh, bad? Uh, Harbaugh? Yep. It's, you know, just like any new coach, it's going to take a year or two to definitely get the program that he wants. I think it's definitely lackluster. Um, he's better picking around and bringing it back, but, you know, goddamn, it's just when we play Ohio State, we get our asses whooped. <laughs> a year? That's getting old. A year or two. He's been there four years, hasn't he? <clears throat> he hasn't been there that long. So, yeah, I think this is year. Yeah, I think this, I think it is year four. I think so, too. Yeah, I hate fucking Ohio State. God Almighty, there ain't there ain't nothing more I've, arrogant than a fucking Ohio State fan. I've met guys from Ohio that don't like Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> they, and they've got a lot to be proud of. They got a hell of a program, but boy, they're the most they're they're worse than than Texas Tech fans and Oklahoma fans. Yeah, but they have a lot to cheer for at Ohio State. But they have beat y'all's fucking breaks off y'all every year. It's been rough. 2015 was when he signed on. So yeah, yeah. it's his fifth year. Going on yeah. his fifth year. Yeah, he, he's he's yep. not very good. Has not done a very good job. Well, Mike, I appreciate you, my friend. I'm glad uh, glad you made it through this hunting season. Sounds very very sketchy on that open water. I don't like it. I don't like it. Nah, at all. I ain't that bad. I don't like it at all. Have you had any uh, any? So you work at a gun store. Anybody ever tried to hold that up? No, rob no, the place? Not, not yet. Anyways, we we've gotten robbed uh, at like different shows. I shouldn't say robbed, but we like we do good shows at big convention centers or whatever. And uh, you do the inventory when you come home, and somebody you know sneaked one out of the cabinet or something goofy. Doesn't happen, you know, that often, but one or two, you know, every other year or something. How does but that no even one's happen? Ever really... Yeah, it's stupid people being stupid people. They just sneak back <laughs> in and reach <laughs> in and grab it and go. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of it is on like corner cabinets. Like we'll have our pistols and you know, big wooden cabinets with glass tops. 
and the one on the corner, you know, you can only have so many eyes there. Last time he had anything happen was like in Obama, I think, was in there. And that was when we were selling guns on the road. And then just you get some of those crowds are just hard to keep track of. Yeah. And uh, we had one guy lift a lift a cabinet and I think he tried to steal some shitty dollar, hundred and fifty dollar high point or something like that. And one of the guys ended up tackling him at the door and got him arrested, <laughs> but Natty, but, uh, overall, I mean, it's sales been pretty good. It's nothing, nothing too major. So now, do you carry at work, or can you do that in Michigan? Oh yeah, yeah. We you got to have a permit, so you got to get that to your local county and everything. But um, you can legally open carry with nothing, as long as you legally own a pistol. You can open carry all the time, except on you know government buildings or school grounds and that kind of crap. But uh, if you got a concealed permit, you can carry. You know on you all the time. I got two loaded guns in my truck right now. So. Um, what's the most, do you sell a lot of, are, are ARs legal up there? Yep. They are. Do you sell a lot of those? What's, what's your most popular gun that you sell? Is it ARs or is it handguns? Um, it's like the shows that we do, we do a lot of handguns in the actual store. We do a lot of um, rifles. Uh, deer season, a couple of years ago, we helped Ruger come out with a, a rifle chambered in 450 Bushmaster because that round came legal for deer in our zone. Um, we used to be only shotguns, three gauge, 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and then they allowed certain straight wall cartridges. So we came up with the idea and partnered with Ruger, and they made a rifle for us. And next thing you know, we're selling like 8,000 of those a year, and um, we do a lot of them no matter where we're at. Um, at the shoeless pistols definitely seem to be but in the shop we do a lot of those rifles you gotta stay ahead of the times what uh you saw a lot of, you have Benelli's and everything in your shop yeah yep Benelli's Berettas a uh, few brownings what normal stuff what what moves better Benelli or Beretta in your shop uh, Benelli 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 without a doubt yeah we'll, we'll sell 20 to 1 over Beretta oh wow is Benelli but then you get it in like go, go ahead, ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to ask if, if Benelli was your most popular shotgun. Um, I wouldn't say most popular because we do a lot of like just cheap 870s and stuff like that too. So like number wise, I'm outsold. But if you're looking at like a, a true waterfowl gun, we'll probably do more Benelli's than anything. Uh, you know, some Franchis, you know, they're a byproduct of Benelli. Mm-hmm. We'll do quite a few of them too. Um, those Remington Versa Maxes and D3s. Uh, every now and then we'll get a sucker to buy one of them. But the Brownings, we've sort of been disappointed in them too. We've had a bunch of what's that's and the, they're auto loaders, anyways. What's the new over under the si- uh, Synergy? Yeah, the seven twenty five Synergy. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, they're over under. They're solid. That's what I want. That they came out with a couple of years ago. Yeah. All I shoot is over and under. I only need two bullets. So do guys? So will they? Do they come back to you if they don't like the gun and return it? Well, you can't like legally. It's illegal to return a gun or ammunition. You can't just return it, but we can buy it back as a used firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get some guys, you know, bitch and moan about it, but. By the time you offer them a trade-in price and they're a couple hundred bucks out the window just for taking it home and not liking it, not doing the research, they usually keep it and move on. I mean, half the time, you know, if it's an issue with the gun and they're not happy with it, we either fix it or send it in to get it fixed. 
Um, it's usually something like if guys are usually coming back bitching about something that's mechanically wrong, and uh, yeah, it's not just because of the standard finish. Here, the Spinelli shoots too high. We don't really get that too many of that guys, but usually it's not functioning. And you know, at that point, we take care of it, and then then they're happy with it. It's that guy that goes home and his wife finds out about it, and she jumps his <laughs> ass. He's like, "Oh fuck, I'll take it." We, back. We've had that actually happen once. Oh, I'm sure. I come in for like a fourteen hundred dollar. I don't even know what the hell it was. And uh, he come back the next day. And he said, "My wife chewed my ass. Is there any way you can help me out?" And he, he, he sort of laughed at him. And I felt bad for him, so I didn't beat him up too bad. But <laughs> give you a thousand dollars for it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> that's so awesome. What uh, what did you say? Most guys are bitch. You said the Maxis. They don't. They, no, you have the most complaints. No, about the, it? the the Maxis has been fine, but like the A five. Oh, the, okay. the new style A fives. We've had nothing but you know guys say unless they clean it after every box, the shells is constantly jamming. Um, just one thing after another with those A fives. The old ones, you know, when they when they used to make a gun, used to sort of buying all these newer ones. And this was, I guess, a while ago since I ran into one, but I know for a while we were getting like two, nothing but issues. So what do you do with that? I mean, that's not really it's not performance, and it, I mean. It, if he's saying he has to clean it, but what are they going to do? I mean, they, they uh, you know? I, yeah, I don't know. I let them, I let Browning clean it, and then send a letter back saying to clean the gun, and then I give that to the customer. Yeah. yeah. So that way they're not thinking I'm just, you know, excuse them off. Yeah, no. Always, always pass the buck when you can. That's why we have Jeff here. Yep. Yep. Well, Mike, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, if you ever want to, you know, do something less dangerous, we've got we've got perfectly dry fields down here. So you just come on down. <laughs> drive right to it. <laughs> be safe at work. Be safe. You go to Detroit very often? Uh, I'll be down that way Saturday. I don't know once a month or so. Be safe. Take your gun. Don't go to don't go oh, south. Yeah. Don't go don't go to 8 Mile. Bad deal. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, bud, you be safe. If you need anything from us, let us know. Will do. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, thank you. Mike Brown, Mike Brown, Mike Brown. Michigander. Michigander. Well, I'll tell you what, he's way the hell up there, too. He don't look like crow flies a couple hundred miles from Toronto. Or a raven. As a raven. And my fucking, that mount is gone. I'm telling you, No, I just messaged Mom. She said she didn't have it. We had it here. I didn't bring it on this thing or this Halloween. Well, I bet it's in here somewhere. Well, fuck, I'm looking. There's a hundred and something mounts in here, but I don't see a fucking raven. You need to do some crow. calling, by the way. Why? Well, I'm just gonna add some more. Yeah, if you're gonna get more, I'm is gonna that get that's more. it right over there? Where you've got the well, that's another thing. You got the pig with the split open head that can come off of the wall. Oh, I you see got it over there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I need to replace some pig heads. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're I'm gonna, gonna get some that. new stuff in here. You can start getting rid of some old stuff that's in here. I'll go, I'm gonna get that pig fixed. How are you gonna get that pig? Why do you it. need to get that pig fixed? You got two pig. You got three pigs in here. Four oh. pigs in here. Okay, well, I don't know. Throw it away. Remind me all of Tony's ex girlfriends. Then there's some birds in here that you can get rid of too. I don't want to get rid of anything. What? This is gonna be a museum. You're being day. like fucking Ron on this. No, deal. I'm hoarding mounts. Exactly, but you're still hoarding shit that that it's can just be amounts. that can be tossed. I, like I can put another 25 birds on the ceiling in here. When people I, well, walk in that door for the first time. They're like, oh "My God!" I'm not telling you to to get rid of. I'm saying if you 
put a new one up, take an old one down. But I've got room for other ones still up on the roof. Yeah, but some I'm of getting these the, don't. Some I'm of getting these a couple of widgeons. Well. well, I need to replace some of those, but I've got a couple more widgeons that are getting mounted. It's okay. going to be hanging on the ceiling. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm put them in with the mallards and the pintails that are flying in here, Landon. I've got I've got a cinnamon teal and a blue wing teal in full color I shot this year in January that I'm getting mounted. And I'm going to get them flying with these two green wing teal off this beam here. So. You need that. to figure out how to clean some of these too. Nah, I need to figure. Out. I, I need to do that. I, I wonder to. if uh, they've got those keyboard cleaners that shoots compressed air. I wonder if that would work, or if that'd be too harsh on those feathers. No, no, I'll, I'll ask Pat Pitt about that. I need to get them done. Because I, I don't think you want to use a broom. I mean, you definitely don't want to use a broom. No, but. there's something else I want to address too. While here, we're here. We've got 500 people requesting to be in the Big Honker Podcast personal page. The private page group, closed group, whatever it is. Follow the freaking directions. I don't even. I went through the other day and I accepted over a hundred. Well, there's there's a ton of them there. If you if you oh, no. can't follow the directions, then you don't need to be in there. It's real simple. If you want to be in there and you want to laugh and banner and argue and listen to Dan Reese make fun of Blake all the time, that's cool. But you got to follow the the, the directions. There's two questions. It's two questions. It's not fucking hard. Like the one guy on the other podcast, they was talking about it on their podcast the other day, about he took him forever to get in. Well, fuck it. It's because you, all you do is answer two fucking questions. Who? It's not the hard. Oh, one of the other podcasts, they talk about us a lot. Who? I, I don't even know the name of them. But they talk, they discuss us a lot on their podcast. That'll make you feel good. What, what, what'd they say? They said, Jeff seems like really a swell guy and Andy seems like a real cocksucker. Well, and I thought, you know, them guys are smart. No, they just were talking about the podcast. And one guy kept trying to get in the closed page, and we kept turning him down, which we weren't turning him down. No, All I don't. do is follow directions. We don't turn anybody down. I don't even look at the uh, requests that come in. If they no. answer both questions, you're automatically approved. So I don't I, I don't know. But I saw yeah, a request I, from Dad the other day on there. I accepted him. Really? I said, oh, fuck, we'll let Dad in, I guess. But. No, Dad. No, I'm just kidding about that. But I see people on there I know all the time. Somebody that we're good friends with the other day in our personal deal, not hunting business, requested to be in there the other day. And I'm trying to think of who the fuck it was. There was somebody that I saw that was friends of ours that had requested to be in there. You're probably like, them fucking assholes won't even accept me in the group. <laughs> Follow the fucking directions. It's real simple. And I think it says answer two, answer two answer questions. Answer two questions. Yeah. I don't you know. know? I, I don't even address it or worry but anyways, about it anyways, I'm not worried about it. But if you want to be in there, get in there. Uh, I guess I really don't have much else to discuss today. We're going to have another pod. We've got the, the Max podcast will be out next, and that will be the recap of the championship and all the festivities and activities that happened there. And then next week we have – we're going to get Dad on the podcast again with us. Dad's not doing very good either. He's slowing down real fast. And we're going to get uh, – who else? We, what we got next Fuck, week? Don't even ask me. You bombarded I, me oh, today. Oh, we got the guys from Empty Nest Adventures. If you're on Facebook and you ever watch Empty Nest Adventures, the guys that fuck with each other all the time, they're going to be on the podcast with us next week. And we've got... Oh, Pacific Game Calls is going to be on with us next week. You bombarded me with uh, guests. I was writing shit down and, all day today. And then Logan Pyatt will be on with us either next week or the week after that or the week after that. Yep. Still got some turkey hunts available, so give us a holler if you're wanting to come out uh, to Texas for some Rio turkey hunt. In your face, Rio turkey hunt. And if you pre-booked yours a, truly, and if you pre-booked a goose hunt, you should be getting your invoice from me within the next two weeks, maybe on the goose hunting. I sent out most of the dove invoices today. 
Um, if you want to hold your date, send a deposit. If you don't, just call me up and say, hey, Jeff, we're not we're not coming this year, and I will set someone else because we are busy and the phone's ringing every day. Anyways, thank you all for listening. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.